Hello and welcome to this ASONCA cast. This week's podcast is entitled Clinical Management of Advanced Urothelial Cancer. My name is Rob Coleman and I'm a medical oncologist at the University of Sheffield, United Kingdom. I'm delighted to be joined today by two leading experts in the field, Dr. Johan Lorio from Gustave Roussy in Villejuif, France, and Dr. Maria DeSantis from the Charité Hospital in Berlin, Germany. Welcome to both of you. In today's ACE Oncocast, our clinical experts will be discussing a clinical case based on a patient with untreated metastatic bladder cancer. Our patient is a 65-year-old Caucasian male who's previously been very fit, although he has smoked 20 cigarettes a day until five years ago, and he has mild hypertension treated with atenolol and simvastatin. But for the last three months, he's had left hip pain, treated initially as osteoarthritis by his family doctor and with some simple analgesics. And then four weeks ago, he developed hematuria, for which he had a cystoscopy, which showed transitional cell muscle invasive disease invading the bladder. Histology showed uh, this to be transitional cell carcinoma, which was PDL1 positive with a CPS score of 25%. And he had some staging investigations, including a radionuclide bone scan, which actually showed that the hip pain was related to bone metastasis with increased tracer uptake in the left acetabulum and also in the sacrum. And a CT scan showed a T4 bladder lesion associated with enlarged iliac lymph nodes, lytic destruction of the left, left acetabulum, and a possible metastatic lesion in S2. He has good renal function with a creatinine clearance of 84 mils per minute, and his full blood count and liver function tests were all normal. So our patient has T4B, N3, M1, previously untreated transitional cell bladder cancer. So there are a number of treatment options for this patient, uh, chemotherapy options, both cisplatin and carboplatin-based therapy, potentially single-agent checkpoint inhibitor, or chemotherapy followed by maintenance immunotherapy with an agent like Evalumab. So Maria, I'll come to you first, and um, please, how would you approach this patient uh, and why? Um, well, yes, thank you, Rob. So I, I think this is a um, patient who uh, seems to be in a good uh, health status, good performance status with uh, um, only minor comorbidities. Um, most importantly, the renal function is uh, good. So the GFR is above 60 mL per minute. This is important and a good performance status. And uh, uh, um, as I already said, the comorbidities does not uh, look like uh, uh, that there was any contraindication for the standard treatment. The standard treatment, I think, would be chemotherapy that should be cisplatin-based, and this has been the standard of care for uh, many, many years in metastatic urothelial cancer patients. Uh, in addition, and uh, based on the new data of Javelin uh, Bladder 100, I would already inform the patient that we, we would uh, aim at uh, uh, achieving four to six cycles of, uh, for example, cisplatin and gemcitabine, and uh, then go on um, with uh, avelumab, so uh, checkpoint inhibitor maintenance therapy, if at least stable disease was achieved. Of course, we would hope for a good response, 
but um, patient responding uh, or uh, being stable uh, nowadays should go on to uh, avelumab maintenance therapy. And this uh, would actually be independent from his PDL1 status. So both uh, patient groups with PDL1 positive and PDL1 negative status uh, would uh, uh, show an overall survival benefit here. So this uh, is my, my, my first uh, short uh, conclusion on the case. Thank you. Thanks. And, and, and Johan, in your practice, how would you manage this patient? Thank you, Rob. Um, basically, I do agree with Maria. I think the standard of care now is to give this patient cisplatin-based chemotherapy. So usually um, cisplatin combined with Gemzar, and if the patient achieve a clinical benefit, so meaning at least stable disease, uh, or of course, a partial response or complete response, uh, the patient should be offered a uh, maintenance immunotherapy with Avelumab because we know that this strategy overall increase the overall survival in in patient in uh, affected in this uh, in this setting. So yeah, I do agree uh, with the cisplatin-based chemotherapy. So cisplatin gems are, or maybe we can discuss also dose dans um, uh, So the, this patient, this region was not allowed in javelin bladder. 100 trial, but there is no clear uh, reason to exclude patient treated with MVAC at first line, uh, not to be offered with Avelumab uh, in maintenance, if again, the patient achieve at least stable disease. Thank you. And uh, in terms of numbers of cycles and, and the way that you use Avelumab, uh, how do you approach that? So you mean the numbers of cycle with chemotherapy before giving avalumab? Yes, yes. Yeah, so in the, in the, uh, the trial, in the first three trials, so the patient were treated with four, five, or six cycles of chemotherapy. This is a standard, actually. The standard of care means that we have to, to give at least four cycles of chemotherapy and up to six cycles. There's no clear data showing that giving more than six cycles is better than six. So in my practice, usually, I give four and then a new CT scan is performed and since the patient had a good response, I can go to six, up to six cycle. So the, the post-hoc analysis in the bladder, um, uh, in the javelin bladder 100 trial showed there is no uh, difference in terms of uh, benefit with Avelumab uh, between patient treated with four, five or six cycle. So uh, the, 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 the most important criteria is that the patient achieve uh, at least stable disease. Thank you. And, and Maria, this, this approach using maintenance of Olimab, how does, how does that improve on perhaps saving a checkpoint inhibitor for subsequent line therapies? Well, why do we need to give it in the maintenance setting? Well, uh, I think this is an interesting question. Um, of, of course, checkpoint inhibitors uh, uh, are approved in the second line setting when the patient progresses, uh, also showing an over survival benefit with pembrolizumab, for example. But here in the Javelin Blender 100 trial, for the first time uh, in uh, decades, um, an over survival benefit was seen in the first line setting. And here we actually achieve much more then uh, when we wait for the patient progressing and uh, uh, in introducing checkpoint inhibitor at progression. 
So the concept uh, really showed in this uh, um, maintenance therapy Chaplin Bladder 100 trial that we achieve a major overall survival benefit. And this has not been shown uh, with uh, uh, pure chemotherapy approaches uh, so far. Of course, we also test uh, the immunotherapy in combination with chemo, uh, with uh, immunotherapy combination with chemotherapy in the first line setting in clinical trials. In my institution, we are also running a combination uh, trial, um, but uh, uh, this has not uh, shown um, a survival benefit so far. So all the trials uh, in the metastatic setting have been negative. Um, and the maintenance uh, uh, situation and this trial uh, was the one that uh, ma made it. And I think it is so important to uh, really stick to uh, this um, ma maintenance treatment to achieve uh, what can be achieved in the first line. Thank you. And Johan, how do you find patients tolerate this, this regimen? Actually, um, the treatment with uh, Averimab is uh, very well tolerated. Um, there is um, some side effect, of course, but uh, uh, observed in a minority of patients, uh, very few patients develop uh, grade three or four um, side effect with Averimab. So in daily practice, uh, very few patients discontinue the treatment uh, because of um, side effects. So that's um, a, a treatment that we, we can give actually at home. That's uh, what we are doing in, in daily practice. And the patients are very happy to receive this treatment at home. And we can do that because the, the treatment is very well tolerated. So there is no big concern regarding the safety. So of course, like with uh, many other drugs, the patient could develop side effect, but very rare and not serious in, for the vast majority of the patient. Thank you. And, and how long do you give the Avelumab for in your practice? Uh, so th this, question, this question is, uh, is, is still um, not clear, actually, because in the, in the trial, so the patient receive Avelumab until disease progression, till uh, constant withdrawal, or until um, toxicity, actually. But if the patient uh, tolerate well the treatment, there's no reason to stop the treatment after one year or two years. But of course, uh, after two years of treatment, the patient can be again uh, fed up with actually with the uh, with the treatment because it's quite tough for, for, for him to go back to the uh, hospital every two weeks. So there is a now some question regarding um, whether or not we should continue a very much beyond two, uh, two years, for example. So that's something we have to address in, in clinical trials. So as of today, if the patient tolerate well the treatment and still benefit from Averibam, we have to give the treatment uh, beyond two years or beyond one year until disease progression again or side effects. And Maria, you mentioned that the maintenance strategy is relevant for both PDL1 positive and negative patients. Are, are there any selection criteria or biomarkers we should be thinking about before embarking on this treatment? Um, well, um, I, I actually not. We, of course, would like to have biomarkers helping us out, but this was an um, all-comer trial, and it was positive in the ITT, so in the uh, overall population, as well as in the pdl one positive population, where the benefit was uh, even uh, a little bit stronger. 
But nonetheless, uh, I think it is important to um, remember that uh, this is a trial and this is a, a maintenance treatment for all patients that achieve uh, what, what is needed, the um, stabilization of the disease. Well, thank you, Johanna Maria, for this great discussion and, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned for next week's ACE Oncocast as we discuss a clinical case of a patient with locally advanced bladder cancer. Thank you.